Second, yeah. It is the second now. We just got in there. Calendar. Last month of the year, 2018 is coming to an end, and uh, you've had quite a step out year for yourself this year, musically in the city. So we've uh, seemed like the right time to get the guy into the studio and talk to him about everything. Well, I appreciate it. I mean, you were one of the first people that I met creatively here in Chicago, and I think you were actually the person who introduced me to my current manager, Benjamin Levine. Well, you're. Shit, I, I talk a lot of shit all the time. So yeah. <laughs> well, it worked out. Sometimes it's good shit. It worked out. Bad, yeah. I'm gonna hire you for consulting just to talk shit in my ear. And we'll all see right, wait. If anybody else needs uh, some shit talk for them, let me know. I uh, got hourly rates going right now. Uh, but anyway, tell me a little bit about you. Uh, since we met, which was like last year this time, I believe, or a little bit earlier, um, you've been on a run of a lot of singles, put on a lot of music. You've been very busy. Uh, for those of you, or those of you out there in Twitter land. No, I'm just kidding. For those out there who don't know uh, what you've been up to, uh, fill them in a little bit on what Apache Gross, who Apache Gross is, if you, I'm saying that wrong. Yeah, no, you got it. Um, so yeah, I'm a alternative R&B artist. Uh, I was born in Arizona. I was raised in California. Came out to Chicago about three and a half years ago, kind of just on a different mission. Um, always been a musician, but was in the corporate world at the time. Uh, about two and a half years ago, quit my job, one-way ticket to London, guitar, played from London to Japan, came back, started a music career. Um, when you say you played from London to Japan, uh, what does that mean? That means you get your guitar and you just start playing and see who will listen. Like, were you, like, busking on streets or were you, like, c catching gigs? Did you know people? Like, well, so that, contact? that was the thing is I never, I never asked for money. Uh -huh. But the cool thing about Europe is... If you're an American who can kind of sing and you've got a guitar and a video camera, it was, I remember the first experience was in Madrid. I was in an alleyway of my hostel and I was just like trying to record myself playing. And after I got done singing, it was like John Mayer. Um, a couple times I looked up and it was like 20 people on their balconies just like looking down. Where was it? At? This was in Madrid. Okay. Um, it was just like in some alleyway. And then that's when the first person asked me, hey, will you come play at my bar? And they you know, put a little jar out, fed me some food. Then from there, I went to Barcelona, got a little mini like residency in a St. Jordi hotel. So I would just play, get some free food, That's stay. So you really just showing up places like, yeah. hey, I got this guitar. Well, because I didn't have it's a very like, uh, it's very like, like 80s Tom Cruise. Movie. I know. Right? <laughs> well, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like have, I didn't have a plan. You know, oh, I was yeah. just, I knew that like the path I was on wasn't the one for me. And I was, you know, I needed to get away, reset, you know, find myself, no, eat, I mean, pray, love. That's real. I mean, I think it's interesting, especially when you have so many artists um, and this city, especially, but, you know, everywhere in the world they exist where, you know, from the day they were born, they knew exactly what their artistic uh, endeavor was going to be or what their message was to the world. But the rest of us, you know, we have to like, you know, adventure through the world, Those have cats some ups and downs, lucky. find some things, right? Yeah. Uh, how did that like journey that you were on kind of, because what, you got all the way to Japan doing this? Yeah, yeah. So I got, you know, and by the time, when I was in Barcelona, I like knew, you know, I like something in my heart. Was and that like, was like hey. how far into the journey? That was like month two, I think. Oh shit, okay. So I was like. That's I, quite a time to be away though. Or it was like, it was actually like in the first month. So I was in, right. I hit London and then I went to Madrid, then Barcelona. And like when Barcelona, it was like when the heart started working, then went to Italy, 
And then that's when I shot over to Japan and I just remember the schedule of being so weird. And I was in this weird cafe that made me feel like it was like an espionage movie. It was okay. like I had a hostel with like sleep pods and there was this uh, like cafe downstairs where you could buy like a jar of sake for like 500 yen mm-hmm. and like some, you know, Japanese whiskey. And I would wake up in the morning at like 5 a.m., go running, come back, shower, go sightseeing for a couple hours, come back, sleep. And I'd wake up at like six and I would just sit in the cafe and, and I would just Google how to be a musician, how to write business plan. Okay. And I just like sat there for a week and I just wrote up the plan. I came back to Chicago, um, got an apartment, put my bed in the living room. Uh, my bedroom was this little studio, but my walls are so thin. So my neighbors were just, just always hating. complaining, hating. <laughs> um, and in that first year, you know, that's when I really, because a lot of people don't know my full name is Cody Apache Gross. Mm-hmm. So sometimes when people are like Apache Gross and then they hear the word Cody, they're like, how does this guy make up this name? Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I can understand that. <laughs> yeah. And it was just my logic was, you know, it, there was this whole other side of me that, you know, just was never out in front of people. Mm-hmm. So I decided to, you know, transition into my middle name and last name. But that's when I created the brand. I put out my first little six song EP. I never knew how to produce either. Like I literally just, when I came back, I just was like created like a school for myself. And, you know. Well, I think that's, you know, there's something you said about that. Um, you know, it was a term of like democratized technology, the idea that like, I mean, what we're doing right now. Yeah. Like usually used to have, need like a full crew to be doing just anything have a radio live station, and like yeah. talking to somebody like this. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's like, I think now I get frustrated with people when they tell me like, you can't do I can't it. do this, yeah. or I can't do that. It's like, you might not be the best at it. Like it's not, there's no, they're not saying that like you're going to learn, learn how to paint and be Michelangelo, but at least you understand how to paint be able to yeah. talk about painting with somebody or something like that. Right. And if you put enough time into it, it's like, it comes with like love. You have to really love something mm. because learning something, becoming great at something is you not just doing all the fun things but like taking the time to educate yourself, taking the time to, uh, you know, slow down and, and do all the miscellaneous items that aren't necessarily the funnest. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you find joy in it because you know it's going to lead to an improvement of your art, an improvement of your life, you know, help you define who you think you are. So what did what was like the big things when you arrived back in Chicago? What were you taking from um, the experience of, you know, going across the world, traveling as much as you were. How old were you when you got back? Like, what was your circumstance? I think I was like 20, 23, maybe. All right, so that's a good spot to be. 23, 24, I don't even know. It's like way different doing that then than doing that at like 33, right? Oh, yeah, or doing it at like 16, (laughs) you know, or 18. You know, people go abroad and they haven't seen the world. You know, I had already, I had already had a full mini career in in like advertising and like found like success in the world of business. So Mm -hmm. it's like I had built an identity and it was more about, you know, scrapping that, but still being young enough to go sing about sex and drugs right. in my music. And make it make sense. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. would be weird. Um, so, yeah, when I came back, you know, the biggest part was just like the humbleness. Because, you know, when you're like a little, when you're just sitting in your office and you're just making all this money and you're looking on the shit, and then you go see the whole world with a whole bunch of people who just don't care about that. Yeah. And like everything you've like identified and defined yourself as is now irrelevant. Uh-huh. It really does humble you. Yeah, yeah. That's and real. So you, you got humble and then, you know, I also was like, shit, I could restart my life. But like, if I really want this, I'm starting from scratch, you know, you had just work. So I just got a couple of like online classes to learn how to produce, you know, I just kept reading articles and subscribed to a bunch of blogs to learn about the music of business. 
Well, and um, it's, I think it takes like a certain lack of ego to do that too. I think there's so many people today that like, you know, read one article or make one beat or uh, write one sentence or whatever it may be. And they think they are a thing, you know, it takes like some, uh, a lack of ego or like a sense of understanding of yourself. I think to take a step back and like teach yourself something yeah. and like humble yourself a little bit. Like you were saying earlier, like taking that sense that that time to like humble yourself and realize you got to like do that hard work and do those things that aren't as fun. It's, it's like funny though, too, because even in that you can like be like a piece of shit, like a humbled piece of shit. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. enlightened. Yeah, I mean, like I remember extreme. Yeah, when yeah. I came back, I was kind of like, I've seen the world. <laughs> I understand who I am. And then I put out my first, you know, project and I was super proud of it. And I was like, this is the greatest thing the world's ever seen. And then like, I didn't know anything about business or anything like that at the time. So I put it out and then, you know, it was out for like a year and a half and I had like maybe 3000 listens. And like now on my latest single, everything's paid for. It's been out two weeks mm -hmm. and we have 2,500 listens already just well, on Spotify. So it's well, like, let's go ahead with that segue real quick. Cause you have been putting out, uh, we haven't gotten a full, my tweaking? We haven't gotten a full project yet. No. All right. Okay. I was like, <laughs> I was sitting there for, I was like, wait, did I just did I fuck that? No. Still have not gotten a full project yet. Uh, I don't want to say it's a bad thing because you've been putting out these cinematic pieces uh, as singles, which is really as far as, you know, people, you know, there's varying degrees of how people put out a single, but you seem, you know, speaking of extremes, like you seem like you're on that, you're going really hard with each one. Tell me a little bit yeah. about putting so much behind every song you do and um, where you're getting like these artistic ideas and, some of these freedoms that you were talking about earlier that you have you can speak about yeah so i mean <clears throat> i i like the idea of singles because like when i do put out a full project you know i want it to be a complete reflection of of my whole journey up into this point and so i don't want to put out a project yet until I understand exactly like where I'm going to be because it seems like every year it's a blessing because life gets more exciting the story becomes more full and it's like I'm decrypting myself but like with this with the singles the fun part about them from a music a creative and like a business standpoint is like I can reflect on individual stories so like each one of the singles it started with Brooklyn Girl and that individual single was about the idea of like vanity and kind of like some of those lessons I had learned from like how caught up I got like in advertising and also how caught up I got like in partying and just doing drugs. It was like I was like polarizing all of these different experiences, but it was all for like this idea of like vanity. Um, so I got to create, you know, an uh, individual piece of art that didn't have to be tied to like the, some bigger storage. Just like, hey, this is a life lesson I discovered. Almost like a short story short story like a short story for music well so and and also so the three singles i put out was brooklyn girl poison and then this last one everything's mm -hmm. paid for and when i write these stories i grew up watching movies like me and my parents one thing we'd always we didn't have a lot of money but one thing we always did was as a family we would go and we would see a movie every weekend mm -hmm. at the movie theater so i just always loved movies i couldn't i can't really hold a camera that well but when i write i kind of in my mind start with a visual process like so i see this movie unfold um and then i i kind of like dissect like in my subconscious like what does this movie represent like why is this vision so clear to me and so every one of my songs i make a music video does come after so brooklyn girl poison mm -hmm. you know everything's paid for all had these well so we have a video coming okay, up. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I yeah, spoiler alert, you spoiler the, alert. You had all the, um, the visuals, it seems like. It was I blew the way. surprise, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> the exclusive, the Miles House Radio. Exclusive. Um, but so it's, it's that fun process to be able to write 
a song and a video kind of simultaneously and then you know produce them and those are two different routes like i learned how to produce and for all three of those pieces though it, they were collaborative pieces mm -hmm. you know every when i had after her my ep it was like solely produced with like maybe like one or two like uh helping hands here but these last pieces it's a lot more fun because I've been able to articulate ideas that my my necessary skill set and my instrumentation can't fully um, develop. Mm -hmm. But I've met amazing people. Some shout outs. John Marino, who has been with me since the start, wicked guitar player, can help me like visualize and bring those pieces of life. Uh, great homeboy, Sal Cordova, who actually, shout out, just dropped a project called The Mountain. Oh, He's like that out a wizard at production it's it's crazy man can disappear in a cave with like some sticks and like a microphone come out with the whole symphony <laughs> um and and a handful of other people as well but um it's just been a blessing to be able to create those pieces with helping hands that way and then go and transition into you know the visual aspect which is production is way different you know i still like to produce my films i like to write them and produce them and then have someone who has the understanding of uh, directing of cinematography to help kind of like bring these ideas together. So my partnerships this year was with Pogi Studios and also with, uh, you know, Brett. Who, oh, who, sure. Yeah, yeah, who you are also. Milwaukee Brett. Yeah, Milwaukee Brett, AKA. <laughs> <laughs> but so it's been, it's been a really wild year because every single project, there's been amazing things and there's been mistakes. So um, when you look at these things, are you do you have plans to like write short films in the future? Is that like a, a world that you want to exist in? Where did you see like the Apache girls project going um, yeah. from this point kind of? Well, so, I mean, I think, I think there's just derivatives of like what I want to do, like solely with my music and my career. I want to tell my story. I want to tell stories that are, um, reflections of my life and music and in my own visual aspects. But, you know, I do have a collective called the house. Um, mm -hmm. And I want to be able to help play a part in other people's creations as well. Like I didn't realize like my last film, Everything's Paid For, there was like 14 actors, like four locations, Louis bags. Yeah, it's like a full, that's like a full Bentley. situation. Yeah, there was like all these crazy things. And I was like, oh man, producing is hard, but it is really fun when you pull it off. So I also too, just like shout out if anybody has some dope projects and they need like a wicked dope producer. I guess there I figured out that I can do that. So well, that's the way you do it, right? It's yeah. like what you were saying earlier. You, got, you might not, you got to try. If you don't try, then you never figure it out. Um, I'm a full, firm believer in that. Um, so you've had, when you pick these stories, like something you keep mentioning is like uh, having these stories, you, you choose certain stories that you want to um, dive into. And I think anybody who creates real art, that's, a, that's what they have to do. Um, you're very passionate. It's very obvious the passion that goes into a lot of these things. Uh, what is like the catalyst for most of these stories? Like you kind of talked about the vanity. Yeah. Um, are you pulling these from real life? Is these things that you see in your periphery? Are these things that are like looks, you know, observations on the world at large? Um, yeah. So, I mean, there's just so much to consume. Like every day, well, yeah, you the know, news generally now, right? I, yeah. Yeah. Even, even just with what your eyes and your ears and your heart picks up on a daily basis is there's a thousand different things that you could write about. So like for my process is like, I have like 50 songs like mm. right now. Cause how I do is I sit down and I produce a quick beat and I freestyle. I, That's like we had Rich on a few weeks ago and he was saying the same thing. He's just always got a ton of music. Yeah. yeah. It's a ton of music and like how I, 
tap into these is, you know, I just freestyle. And I see, I know, look at this. This game is just going <laughs> Sorry, on. Sorry, guys. Nowhere. The Bears are <laughs> fucking up right now. <laughs> <laughs> they just fucked up. That was it. <laughs> I was like, also, too. I was trying not to look at the TV. I kept, like, peeking over. It's live. It's all right. It's all right. We can do these kinds of things here. Um, My bad. We cut no you No worries. Off. No worries. So it's like all of these stories, you know, are reflections, but they're subconscious. And when they come out, they come out. And then you just, when you're listening to certain pieces, they, they just catch your attention. Yeah. You know, so it's like I could have written about a variety of different stories, but I write about the ones that kind of just hop out. And when I listen to it, at least because first and foremost, like outside of all the different types of art I make, I see myself as a musician. Mm -hmm. So it's really important. That's like your driving artistic. That's my driving artistic. So outside of everything else, you know, the way I think something could look or this or that, it's the way that something sounds, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the audio that I hear. And so when I just heard like those songs, you know, it's just like, even when they're just like this really, really basic, um, scratchily beat with, you know, music to it. It's like, I'm like, that's dope. That's going to be something. And then I just like go crazy on it and spend way too much time making it super produced. And all well, that's, that. I mean, that's what it has to be though. Right. Um, and I think you see that like in, uh, in the composition of the things you make and the, the way your music comes out and stuff like that. I think, uh, you definitely see that there's a intense passion behind it. Like there's, yeah. I think anyone I've talked to about your videos of music, cause that's the first thing they bring up. So it's coming through my man. Yeah. Well and, done. And it was like too, with this last one as well, like every process has, has been hard. Um, because they've been so different. I've worked with a variety of different people, but on this last song, to, to, since it's out, specifically focus on that. Um, I worked with a uh, duo group called Claude the Money, um, which is Boyan Massapolo. Massapolo? Massapolo. I think. <laughs> Don't hate that me, Italian Boyan. guy, Boyan. That, yeah, that saying. black Italian guy. <laughs> um, and then Paige Callup, um, which is just a really amazing duo, and like how everything's paid for came was we just came over, got a little smoke, got a little drink, uh, was hanging out in this jam lounge at my apartment and I just pressed record and jam lounge at your apartment. It was, yeah, it's like a, okay. it's like weird. The, uh, in the first session you can just hear like all the reverb cause it's this weird like cathedral hall. Um, so we just sat down and we just played this song and just started doing a little freestyling and then like, it just flowed. It was a different sound though. Cause for most of my pieces, I make dark alternative R&B, mm-hmm. right? So a lot of these other songs just, they feel heavy, this and that. And so everything's paid for. It was like one of the first pieces I put out. It kind of just has like a fun, like light playfulness. And I, you know, most times that comes out in the summer. Yeah, right. But I think it's funny because we're going into the winter. Well, it kind of fits your vibe, right? Yeah. I'm like, hey, guys, if you're uh, indoors and all sad, try to listen to this and maybe it'll make you feel better. Well, that's what I always liked about, uh, you know, not to jump off where you're at, but like similar uh, in the sense of like making sad, happy music sort of is like drama. Uh, Niall and Via Rosa, the way they they make like that sad, happy music perfect for this time of year as well. It's like you get a good, you get like a good vibe, but there's, you know, talking about something that might fit the. It is. And it's hard. I don't know why it's so hard for me, but like I can have like a very very nice lovely beat and then as soon as I open my mouth even if it sounds happy the lyrics always have like some kind of like like everything's paid for is about you know of the female drug dealer that lives in LA but I really like it though too because this the, the narrative of the story is that you know and it's based off of a friend that obviously not named sure, or anything, sure. but she's, Inspiration. yeah, she's just a really awesome person who's just like badass. Like I'm afraid, like I'm not overstepping any boundaries or anything like that. And she would just, I would just see her just, she was strong. She was independent. It was like really inspiring, especially like in this modern time. I think there's a lot of discovery, um, 
and, you know, with Me Too, this and that. Because I just think that for a long time, especially like in the music I love, like R&B and, you know, rap is <clears throat> as an art form, you know, if you just listen through the decades, it a lot of it does um, kind of take the idea of like a woman and just has it in this musical slightly derogatory i feel like i feel you but i i had this conversation with someone recently i might have been angel and we were talking about that and i feel like that started to happen like in the late 80s and early 90s because before that it was the opposite it was like yeah it was like, like even like, the mid 90s like r&b yeah honey, like you still had like that it was like something about the turn of the millennium i feel like really got misogyny going on a whole yeah. level that it had already been going on before that but in the music industry r&b and rap especially it got like really bad for like 10 12 years there yeah and now we're starting to see it come back around even though six nine is still we don't talk about it. Yeah, anymore. I know, right? Uh, Even though it pops up in the news all the time. I know. But it's so that pressure. that was like one of the fun pieces about it because cool, though, yeah. my music still does have those those sexual aspects to it. But like for me, I've never seen it as like this is woman. I've just always seen it as like this is my partner, and this is just yeah. We're well, not happens. making songs about like throwing somebody on the bed or something like that. It's like you know what I mean. You're not like punching people in the face. Like you're not <laughs> yeah, like you're not like XXX temptation and people. Oh, yeah. Like you know what I mean. It's like yeah. I think there's a there's a fine line of like appreciation versus like just being a fucking asshole. And you're very far in the appreciation. Well, side. I appreciate that. I'm glad. Yeah, that, man, I'm I, glad that that's what I'm putting. Tough, it. It's yeah, it's. Yeah, I'm it like tough. fearful too. I don't want anyone to ever like you hear something I make and then you know just pull an assumption about like my belief system or right. like yeah and or, it's like, tricky these days especially. and it's hard though but that's the trade-off too like when you become a musician it's the craziest thing that we want to do is like privacy is such an awesome thing but we're just like all right guess i don't need that right ready tabloids let's take my life apart and like every you know well, so sometimes like, you might not even be telling a story like you said doesn't directly relate to you you're telling a story for somebody else yeah and uh, it's just like boom in today's society a lot of people forget that the person telling the story often isn't the person that has the opinion of the story. I did have one and moment. I think that's interesting. I had like one moment that I was like, I felt like everything was super awesome. And then I played a so far show and a girl came up and called me a benevolent sexist. And I was like, I was like, that's a hell. Shout out that girl for a really great I mean, diss. Off I know. The top she, of the dome, benevolent sexist. I know <laughs> she called me and I was just like, <laughs> it took a me a second to like comprehend. And it was like one of those situations too. Cause like, once again, not my mind, no, my belief system, but somebody had just heard my music yeah. and had interpreted it. And now granted, a lot of other people were like, Hey, that's great. But it was like, that was like a, a eye opening thing for What's me. And just like, cause it was my, it was like my first like public criticism about like art that I'm trying to create. And this well, that and was that. like what, uh, I believe Dave Chappelle said, one of his last standups where he was talking about, um, issues that he ended up having with, uh, not issues he had, but issues that, you know, the trans community had with him after his first end up specially did for Netflix. And he was talking about, you know, how he would never change his jokes for anybody and this and that, and he's making art and, you know, he seemed like he was, you know, he toes that line better than anybody. But then at the end he said that he had somebody come up to him and say kind of what you just said, someone coming up to him after a show and said, Hey, you know, I love your stuff, but this made me feel bad about myself. And he said, that's not what I'm here to do at all. Yeah. You know, the last thing I want you to do is come to my show and feel bad. So he's like, as much as I think those jokes are funny, you know, I'm going to like, I, I make an effort to change the way I do those things. Cause I don't want a single person to come. If you have one person come to your show and they're, you know, alienated by what you're doing, then you've kind of failed as an artist, right? Yeah, no, for sure. 100%. I mean, that, that is, that is just in, in art in general, you know, especially when you draw 
inspiration from past pieces it is always important to stay current and like understand and like continue to educate yourself too with like just whatever topic is going on in this world you know it's like as a society you know we are changing and you know some people do just want to create a work of art to create it and then other people want to create a work of art to help people understand what's going on in their own life to understand all the horns are just going crazy outside oh, we almost made it a full Without yeah. the horns, does that happen? Yeah, man. If you drive on Halstead or 18th and you honk your horn, I'm going to find you and beat you on the... <laughs> You're so interrupting it. the most annoying it. thing in the world, yeah. But also, we got to get some curtains on this bitch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because just looking out the window. Um, um, but but yeah, mind. no worries. So that that's that's just, you know, the idea is... Um, I create... That tell stories that help people you know, understand like what they're experiencing that can offer as a distraction. Like at the end of the day, I don't want anyone to listen to my music and like leave worse than they are. Yeah, you know, I want course. them to leave with a new story that if they didn't know this lifestyle exists, that they do and it's a possible option. Or, you know, if, you know, they're feeling some form of pain or confusion, that these stories can help them understand that because that's what music was for me yeah. you know, growing up. You know, even with Lincoln Park's emotional ass or like sure. three day graces, like angry stuff, it was a, it was an outlet to normalize what I was feeling and, and to help me get past my issues and to grow. And like that's the ultimate like dream would be able to create music that one like, gets you rich. And also, <laughs> do, you think that, do you think there's anyone who like makes music with the idea that like I want everyone to go home just really upset? There's got to be somebody. There's got to there. be no, for sure, for sure. There are. There's got to be someone making music. It's like most. That, it's it's like be a, interesting to see. There's a lot of rap songs too, where they're like, "My life's so cool, you're a loser." Right. You know? I know. And like, I don't know. I still leave feeling cool, even though he told me I'm a loser. Like, but damn, I like wonder right. what his intention I guess really he's was. Than me. Well, shit, man. Uh, thank you so much for coming through. This has been amazing. Thank um, you for having tell me. Tell me before we leave, though, what's coming up on the horizon? Yeah. 2019 is coming up. We're almost at 2020. Uh, what do you have coming up in the next few months? Where can people see you play? Uh, what do you have for the New Year's coming, if anything? Yeah. Run me through it real fast. Okay, so quick rundown. Next show, Arizona. Um, it's going to be in Valley Bar, like 200, 250 people. So we got to show up. Arizona listeners. For the Arizona listeners, I know you're out there. We got to show up and rock it out. Um, I just started filming a short YouTube uh, series uh, related around uh, just some broken down music. Cool. Because like I, I, you know, grew up playing, you know, just like guitar and singing with all this heavy production. So there's gonna be original pieces. It's gonna be some covers, but just something fun that like can come out like weekly that people can keep creatively. Yeah. Kind of keep kind of just feel something that's a little bit more stripped down and raw. Sure. Yeah. Um, music video should be coming out early 2019 for everything's paid for. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> and then. I am working on a update on my life because, like I said, the first little EP I put out was kind of like an update up until that point. So right. not a full story, but right. just up to that point, and a lot has changed since then. Next so chapter shit. Next chapter, but kind of also too, just on some like, it's not like a full like, hey, pay really hard, and you're gonna understand exactly where I'm at. But uh, that should be coming out probably mid 2019, and then then I have a cool little blues. Um, project that i'm working on well shit yeah sounds so. like a lot it sounds like 2019 is gonna be as busy as 2018 yeah but right now if you want to hear the newest latest and greatest go to apachegross.com everything's paid for that new single is out it's give it a listen if you have now. not you i know if Spotify, you have soundcloud pandora title 
Yeah, pretty much like everywhere. The, everywhere. The internet now, you can find it. All right, man. Well, thank you again so much for coming on. Appreciate you as always. This has been Mild Sauce Live with Apache Gross. As always, I'm Jake Krez, and we'll be back probably next week. We'll see. Peace. Bye. I love the way you real. Love it when you keep real. I love the way you shine. Love it when you keep shine.